be the best. I want to be the best. I want to play. That's why I play the game. To be the best, you have to win. Then that's the drive. He's the best player in the game. It's just that simple. There's nothing that Kobe Bryant can't do. He will defend your best player. He will shoot from the perimeter. He will get all in your mouth. He will do whatever it takes. He is the most complete basketball player in the game today, bar none. He has an assassin mentality. I said this week, I said this when the trade went down, and I'll repeat it again. Who's starving more for an NBA World Championship more than Kobe Bryant? There is no one. This guy is highly motivated. He separates Kobe. From the pack, the pack. More than Kobe Bryant. can't be with you tonight. However, I couldn't completely miss the chance to take a moment to share some thoughts with all of you. The lesson I cherish the most is how important it is to love what you do. If you love what you do and it's making you happy, all the hard work and perseverance will pay off. I once had a guidance counselor tell me that I shouldn't play basketball, uh, that it would never amount to anything for me. His negativity towards me made me stronger. You can't stop people from trying to limit your dreams, but you can stop it from becoming a reality. Your dreams are up to you. I encourage you to always be curious, always seek out things you love, and always work hard once you find it. So with that, I'll let you carry on with your evening. Please know I'm thinking of you, supporting you, and encouraging you always. Peace. And uh, we're going to see both teams do what we've seen all day long here, Quinn. A 24-second shot clock violation in honor of Kobe Bryant. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, all of the league has basically done a 24-second violation. As many of you know, that was his number. Some had done the 8-second violation to get it across half-court because that was his number. But in great appreciation for Kobe Bryant and all he did, for the league and, and, and everybody in the NBA. And, Quinn, you made your comments. I'm looking here at Carmelo Anthony, who was his teammate and friend on USA Basketball. And now it's an eight-second violation that the Pacers take. The two numbers that Kobe Bryant wore, 24 and 8, and there's I'm Carmelo. Looking, I'm looking at Carmelo. He's having a hard time. As am I. All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered. Typically, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. Uh, but tonight, um, it won't be. And uh, I'm sorry to our listeners. You know, I know free agency is close and the draft is getting near. Um, but for me specifically, um, it's probably more of like a, I guess like a grieving pro- podcast, grieving YouTube video. 
Um, I, John, I don't honestly even know how much you'll you'll have to say. I might talk forever, and if that's the case, just interrupt me. No, um, I think my goal tonight is just kind of directed as somebody that I mean, I wasn't a Kobe fan. I'm not a Lakers fan. Um, when he was at his peak was when I probably watched the least amount of basketball in my entire life, uh, just naturally because of where I was living and, you know, getting national games and so forth. I mean, everybody knows Kobe. Everybody watched Kobe um, pretty much out in the Carolinas. He was kind of vilified right away because he forced his trade away from Charlotte um, to start his career and get traded for Vladi Divac. And it's amazing how often I actually heard people still continue to even recently still fuss about that. Could you imagine if the Hornets had kept Kobe, they would have never moved and so forth. So tonight, I mean, as somebody that's never had a player really on that level that has done what Kobe's done and had all the drama surrounding him, it'll be it'll be interesting for me to hear. And, of course, I mean, we love you, dude. I mean, we really do. And I know you're hurting and you're suffering because um, this is a guy that was very, very – important to your life and shaping you as a sports fan and a man and as a person and an individual. So just to kind of hear your words and let you get it out. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, so for those that don't know, it would be shocking if you didn't know, uh, Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant uh, died yesterday along with five uh, or seven other members um, that were or passengers on a helicopter ride going to um, an AAU game for Gianna, uh, Kobe's daughter. Um, they uh, they were flying through fog, uh, didn't see, and crashed. And Kobe Bryant has passed away at the age of 41. Um, and Gianna passed away at the age of 13. And not to um, not to be insensitive to the other passengers as any death or uh, loss in life is never like it, it can't be overstated the impact, right? Everybody else that was hurt, um, but I know those other seven, and um, I don't know about them, but I do know about Kobe, and I do know about Gianna. Um, so tonight, I, what I'd like to do is just kind of talk a little bit about like what Kobe meant to me, and kind of tell you like stories as far as like why he meant so much to me. Because, I mean, it's very easy for people to say how much somebody means to them, but to be able to give context as to why um, really kind of puts that meaning, that passion behind what a person means when they say something like that. Obviously, the entire world is mourning. Um, I I don't know if I've ever seen... um, the world mourn at the level that it's mourning right now. Uh, John, I don't know about you, but um, I've never seen anything like this as far as um, an athlete or celebrity passing away. And then seeing just like the outpour of love and passion and respect that people are sending. No, I honestly haven't. I I can't think of anybody, celebrity, athlete, anybody in our lifetime. I've heard people say that it's comparable to Princess Di, but I'm as old as I am, I'm not quite old enough to remember that. So in our lifetime and our time of being able to remember, yeah, this is definitely tops. Yeah, I remember when Princess Di died. Uh, I mean, I like don't remember the impact, but I remember watching my mom cry on the couch when that happened. Um. So yeah, I think that that's fair. Maybe John Lennon. Um, I don't. I don't remember when John Lennon died. I, I don't believe it was uh, too long ago. Um, but I, I just was reading about the impact that he had when he passed. Um, so this episode, I wanted to just kind of talk about Kobe and um, how he impacted my life because he he really direct like he directly impacted my life in so many different ways and different paths and um, different things. And honestly, ever since yesterday, like I've cried a lot and. Um, I, um, today, all day today, like I tried to write what I would say, 
I tried to put together like what I would say and I couldn't, every time I would scrap it. Um, and like my biggest fear is actually like letting him down or letting other people down as <clears throat> I think, um, there, there, I'm not going to say I'm the world's biggest Kobe fan. Um, but I'm going to say I'm one of them. Um, and so that was like always like my biggest fear in going into this tonight. I almost didn't even want to record because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to fuck this up, but I don't care. And I don't care how many people watch. I don't care how many people listen. Um, for me, Kobe Bryant was the best basketball player I've ever seen in my life. Plain and simple from beginning to end of his career. I've never seen anybody better at basketball. Um, I got to see the last five to six years of Jordan, um, and he was a great player. But every time you bring up the conversation of – anytime I do, because I'll die going – I'll go to the grave thinking that Kobe Bryant was better than Michael Jordan. Um, everybody always talks about the, the way that Michael Jordan transcended the NBA. But yet what I don't understand is how that makes him a better basketball player than Kobe Bryant. And – that's always a part of the argument every single time. You can't you can't ever have the argument without somebody bringing up how Michael Jordan evolved the game. Well, what Kobe needed was a catchy jingle. He needed the Be Like Mike or the the Air Jordan shoes. And right. I mean, again, it's my, my wife's a, a UNC grad. UNC. So I can't ever say anything negative about Michael Jordan and not fear for my life. Um, however, I don't, I, again, we're just out at that age where we saw the end of Jordan, the beginning of Kobe. I mean, honestly, I would say Kobe has more of an impact on my life as a basketball fan than Jordan did. But again, I, it's one of those one-to-one comparisons that I wouldn't, um, I don't I think anybody's just, right or wrong. Yeah. I think that what I remember about Kobe specifically was when everybody started saying, will he be the next Jordan? And that was kind of unfair to him because he was the first Kobe. Yeah. Oh, fair. Uh, all right. So to understand the impact of Kobe Bryant on my life, you kind of have to, like, know my life story and where I came from. And I'm not one to talk about personal stuff. I don't like to talk about myself. I don't like to talk about my life, things I've been through. But I think for anybody to understand, like, what Kobe meant, I feel like I have to do this. So I was born in Houston, Texas. My dad chose cocaine and drugs over me and my mom. And my mom, at the age, when I was two, uh, was given a car by her neighbor, by the neighbor, to go to California and uh, get away from him to ensure that I was forever safe. Um, never met him. I didn't meet him until I was 17. Um, and, um, but my, my stepdad, who is not my stepdad, he's my real dad. He raised me since I was three, uh, came into my life and he's an amazing man. My, one of my best friends, but he also had to work a lot. He, I mean, for, for him to make ends meet, he had to work and he was working from like one in the afternoon till 12 o'clock at night, five to six days out of the week. So I didn't really get like the typical father figure that most people have. Um, and when I was 13, uh, Kobe Bryant became a Laker and my grandmother, um, Alice Carrick, um, was the secretary to the president of Paul Allen for the Portland Trailblazers. And she sent me a Kobe Bryant jersey. That was the second jersey I've ever owned in my life. The first one was forced upon me when I came to visit Houston, and my uncle took me to uh, the compact center to watch the Rockets play, and it was in a King Olajuwon jersey. I still have that one. I also still have the Kobe Bryant jersey. Um, at that moment, I fell in love with Kobe, and I started to, like, hear about him and see and all these things. And then you watch, like, the impact he had on um, the game of basketball and his approach and his mentality to, like, um, just the world and then his teammates and his players. And now looking back on it after 23 years, like, I've, I've been able to think more about, like, how I've approached my life 
and like the Mamba mentality and just that like no quit aspect of life. I, I never had that. I never even knew what to do. I played basketball my whole life. I was not very good until I was like in sixth grade and I started to get really good. And then I started to sleep with my basketball and then I was playing basketball until 12, 12 30, one o'clock in the morning. Uh, neighbors were always calling my parents. I was really good. I got really good. Had I had been a good student, I don't think I would have ever made the NBA, but I, I, I would have been really good. Um, and then I met my wife at the age of 19, and this is where everything started to form for me. I met my wife at 19. She was two years older than me. Uh, she had a two-year-old son who didn't have a father. The day I met Nate was the day that I realized that my single young lifestyle at the age of 19, I wanted to give all that up. All I wanted to do was to be the best father I could be and the best husband I could be. And all I wanted to do was push and make things happen. And I wanted to work as hard as I could. And that's all I've ever done. So for people that don't know, I dropped out of high school when I moved back to Houston when I was 17 uh, because there was a problem with the transcripts. And I basically had to be a junior again during my senior year. So I dropped out of high school. And I went into the restaurant business and I made a career. And I just worked my ass off. And I got to a really good point where I was making really good money. And, uh, you know, I was general manager, district manager, as far as you can go. And then at the age of 28, I decided to quit that, moved to Austin uh, because I was working too much, and uh, got into sales. Now, I've worked at Oracle, Google, and now I work at Grubhub. And um, I'm not supposed to be able to work those jobs, right? But I did. I, I outworked everything. Everything in my life I've always outworked, and a lot of it just had to do with, like, watching him, watching him move, watching him work. Every time he'd have, like, when he had his first playoff series against the Utah Jazz, he shot three air balls. And I remember hearing him in an interview talk about how he was going to fix that, and then literally after that interview, he went and shot 100 three-pointers. Um, Kobe Bryant, to me, meant more as a man than anything else. And I don't want to talk about, like, the – the Colorado stuff, um, even though it's a part of like his life and his story, um, I think an important part of that is that people make mistakes, but that's not the end of your book. That's just one of the chapters, and that you have plenty of time to correct it and be a better person and be a better man. And he did that. Um, so I, I don't like I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what to talk about. Because he impacted me on a daily basis. My my best friend, Devin, we've been best friends for 11 years. We always had this thing at Christmas where we did a – basically we had a competition where who could outdo each other on the Christmas gifts. Every year it was always something. We just kept going back and forth, back and forth. One year I thought I got him, and then he came into my restaurant, and he brought me a signed Kobe Bryant basketball and I've had it ever since, and it's the best gift I've ever received in my life. It was one of my it's, it was one of my favorite traditions I ever had, um, and my I, I gave it I had gave it to my dad to hold because I didn't ever want to be tempted to like get rid of it or have to sell it or pawn it. I have more Kobe Bryant shoes than I do Jordans. Kobe's the Kobe's his impact on LA. <laughs> When you just think about, like, what a person can do, like, John, I, I, could you imagine being able to have the impact that, uh, to the magnitude that somebody like that had? Like, could you imagine being able to single-handedly change, I guess, life the way that Kobe did? I can't even imagine. I mean, yeah. Especially what's impressive about Kobe is the Lakers <clears throat> are the Lakers. I mean, they're – more successful than the Yankees. I mean, they're just kind of ridiculous. It's one player after the next, and Kobe was still able to make himself unique in that in that run. He's he's not a continuation of he's not a continuation of anybody or any sort of uh, I guess legacy of being a Laker. It wouldn't have mattered what team he was on. There's not the like, Jeter gets the Yankees boost. 
Kobe wouldn't have needed that. If Kobe had gone to Charlotte and he had ended up being a Hornet, they would have had an all-time great stretch. Um, granted, everybody's always going to throw in the uh, duo of him and of him and Shaq. But you also got to remember how many times we've seen duos in basketball fail. It usually takes three players, and they were able to do it. And he won two more after Shaq left. Yep. So you got to give him credit on that. And this is the guy that went from being he went from being universally reviled. There was a time where he might have been the most hated athlete in the entire sport, unless you were a Lakers fan. Um, maybe in all. And of he sport. embraced it. Yeah, he embraced. He absolutely did. And this is probably where where he struggles to reach the same sort of acclaim that Jordan did. Where Jordan didn't want to be hated. Jordan wanted to sell, be a salesman. Kobe did not care. Kobe absolutely did want to win. And the thing that's really impressive about that, though, is Kobe never changed his persona. Yet, as he was starting to get older, and especially after his Achilles injury and even into retirement, he took that those same traits that people used to to revile him and with uh, the things that made him the bad guy. And he turned them into strengths. Like, you talk about the Mamba mentality now. You talk about the intensity. And this was a guy that cared about one thing, and that was about being the best basketball player ever and winning. And he was he was going to outwork every single person on earth to do that. My The, the Kobe story that stands out to me was when um, – I'm going to forget the name of the player. But he said he showed up at the gym, and Kobe was there. And then when he left the gym, Kobe was still there. So he went up to Kobe, and he's like, why on earth are you here? And Kobe responds, it's like, I'm not going to let you beat me here. And I'm going to outwork you until you leave. And this was when Kobe was peak Kobe. This is when he was already at the best. He didn't want anybody else to, sh- to see that weakness. And the absolute beyond tragic part about this is it looked like that clip with him and his daughter at the basketball game, and he's just breaking it down. I, that's the type of father that I actually aspire to be, to be that passionate and share that passion with yeah. With with my child and to be able to teach them and laugh with them and just have that. And now that's one of the probably one of the most heartbreaking things. It's the greatest thing ever and the heartbreaking thing ever to go watch it now in this context. And she was destined to be great. Yeah, she was. Um, I mean – just if you just watch, you know, when you hear Kobe talk about it in, in interviews or, or, you know, when he, he was on a Quentin Richardson's podcast and he talked about how basically he retired his right when Gianna started to get into basketball. And um, he was like, man, I had a, I had a blank canvas that I could basically help create and mold and paint. And we started with the basics and worked with, you know, started with footwork and then went with the up and unders. And we started to do all these things. And like, could you, like, I like our passion is the Texans, right? My daughter could care less about the Texans. Um, My oldest, Nate, could care less about the Texans. They try, right? They try, they ask, you know, whatever. You know, we always have, we have a standing bet every week on the scores. Uh, Parker tries, but he's seven. Um, but he's not really like into it, into it. Like he will, he still won't sit and watch it with me. Like he will occasionally, but it, you know, he'll go to a game, but uh, he won't sit on the couch. Too many things distracting him. Uh, my wife's not into it. Um, so like, if you could only imagine like being able to share a passion like that with one of your kids and being able to go through that process with them, I got to do that with my dad, like I, or my stepdad for context, my real dad, even though he's not my real dad, he's my real dad in my eyes. Like we, should, we he, he grew up like a he grew up in LA. I mean, he, he got to, you know, he got to go to a Celtics finals game and sit next to Arsenio Hall and root on the Lakers. He got to he, – he's met James, met James Worthy and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Magic Johnson. He's done all these things. Like, all my passion for the Lakers came from him. And then the one, the one guy that we were able to share was Kobe Bryant. Like, I had a conversation with him today for the first time. I didn't want to talk to him yesterday. I don't want to talk to anybody. 
And uh, to hear my dad, who's 62, sound like he wants to cry. Um, and I think I've only ever seen my dad cry once is like one of the saddest things you can hear. And we're talking about a guy that like most people, when celebrities die or athletes die, there's always the fake crowd that says, Oh, his impact. And then there's the ones that are like, man, like his impact. And they tell stories and they talk about it. There's the ones that do it for clout. And there's the ones that do it because they genuinely mean it. You'll never be able to tell the difference between the two. It's just not the way it works, but um, there's people out there from both sides. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. Totally lost my train of thought. I, I don't remember where I was going. Lost it, but um, to, just to hear my dad feel that pain at the age of 62 and being able to share that with him for as long as we did. I remember where we were when we watched the Utah playoff series. I remember where we were when we were watching the Trailblazer series. I remember where we were when we watched the King series. Uh, I remember where I was when I watched the Celtics series. I remember where I was when we watched the Magic series. Like, I remember where I was at at all time with all these games. I got to see him play ten times in my life. Um, and then he, I think the biggest part about Kobe that people miss is he he embodied being what a Laker, what being a Laker is. I don't think people really understand. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to shit on LeBron because uh, you know he's hurting. But you know, LeBron went to LA to be in Hollywood and set up the rest of his life for his businesses. He never felt like a Laker. He still doesn't feel like a Laker. Uh, even Colin Cowherd the other day literally said the same thing. Like, LeBron hasn't felt like a Laker. He didn't say it in a derogatory way. He was just talking about something else and. Like, LeBron doesn't feel like a Laker. Kobe feels like a Laker. Like, Kobe is what it, he's the greatest Laker of all time. Being a Laker is embodying the city of L.A., um, being a part of the culture and the community. Kobe did all of that. LeBron hasn't done any of that. That's another conversation for another day. But, um, I mean, yeah, like the moments Kobe had on the court, you know, people will talk about the 81. They'll talk about the 61. Uh, they'll talk about his final 60. Um, I mean, hell, from a Rockets perspective, I know there's games because I was there where he would just take your your heart out and stomp on it. He was the ultimate competitor. There was a video circling around today about when he went and spoke at um, one of the AAU leagues where LeBron was there, and he was talking about, like, my job or my goal when I stepped on the court wasn't to just also to just be the best basketball player on the court. I also wanted to demoralize you and destroy you. And that was his approach to absolutely everything. He, he just wanted to destroy you and make you feel like T-Mac, I guess one time when we were playing you guys, T-Mac had a, uh, a strained like disc in his back or something like that. Any attention in his back. And Kobe was reading about it beforehand. And so when Kobe went up to go get a rebound, T-Mac was underneath him, and Kobe dropped the elbow on purpose right on his back just to, just, just because he knew. He knew at that point he wanted to test it out. Him and T-Mac joked about it in another, in another video. But um, it's funny because when we were at the, uh, the watch party originally, the first one against the Bills, Cody – uh, was telling me how Harden's a better offensive player than, than Kobe Bryant. Maybe stat-wise. Maybe stat-wise. There was no egging on but, there by me at all. None at all. Yeah, there was plenty <laughs> by you, but we're going to ignore that. Maybe stat-wise. But I promise you this, Kobe could take over a game at any given time. I mean, he could score at de- on demand. It, it It was nothing to him. Maybe he didn't have 50 and 60 every night, but he could do it if he wanted to. And I've never seen a player be able to turn it on the way that Kobe could. I've never seen a player just take over a game like that, especially in meaningful games. I, I, and I'm not comparing the two. I'm just saying, like, I, I just – I know Harden's great. I love Harden. I love watching him play. He's a huge Kobe Bryant fan. Yeah. Um, He's one of those LA guys. Life. 
I mean. Yeah. And, and then he was, and Paul George. And then, I mean, Kobe gave Harden, his, like, the blessing. He said he's the next one. After. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said earlier, Kobe had that way of kind of getting under your skin. And, and you know, we were being homers and we're running our mouths talking about Harden being better than Kobe and uh, offensively, only offensively. I, there, I think that there's an argument there, but this isn't the time or the place, but not as an all-around player and definitely not as a clutch player. And, I am, and I'm a Harden defender, <laughs> but definitely not as the clutch player. Like, that's the one thing that I think Kobe may actually have been is probably the most clutch player ever because, like you said, when – if you needed 10 points in like uh, in, at the end of the game in the last two minutes, Kobe would go out and get them. Like there's, and you knew he would, too. And I remember even watching a couple of games like that, like, are you serious? Is this going to happen? And it, and it did happen. It did. And, like, when you think about, I don't know, when I just think about his performances and what he, like, what he did, uh, I mean, he was just, he, he, was, he was so amazing. I mean, he, uh, he really was. I can't stop thinking about the fact, though, like, of being in the helicopter with your daughter and basically having to tell her, like, we're going to die. Because Kobe, Kobe wouldn't have been like, hey, everything's going to be okay. I don't, I don't, I just don't, I don't see it. Kobe's too, too blunt, too forward. I mean, maybe as a daddy did, but. I couldn't imagine having to sit there and hold your daughter as you're about to crash and die. That's probably the thing that messes all, me up as a parent when you think about those things. Like, I couldn't imagine going through that. I couldn't imagine it. And for 30 to 45 seconds or however long it took, he literally had to sit there with her and and die with her. I mean, that's, that's not something any parent ever wants to go through. Not something anybody wants to go through in general. Nobody wants to go through, whether it's your kid or not your kid. But when it is your kid, I couldn't imagine what it felt like. And he was used to helicopters. He had the same pilot his entire life. He only had one pilot that he would fly with. Do you know why he uh, why he he rode in helicopters? No. Uh, one day he uh, he was working out, and Gianna had a play at the school, and um, he was late because of traffic and missed the entire play. So he vowed that he would never miss another after school activity of his kids ever. Um, so he got a helicopter, and that's how he got around LA, and he never did. I mean, he worked out from 3 in the morning until 7 so he could take him to school every day. And then he'd come back and work out until 2.30 or 3 and then pick him up from school. I mean, obviously there weren't there were days where he couldn't or whatever. But, yeah. Um, I mean, when you think about the life that he lived and, like, the amount of time and effort he had to put into his, his craft, but then to be able to do the dad thing too. Like, we all complain about, like, oh, I can't do it, I'm busy. Or, no, we can't read tonight because I got to do this or – um, I can't put you to bed because I got the podcast. But then you got Kobe on the other hand who can find ways to ensure that he's always with his kids. Well, I hope I hope this week kind of I th- all of y'all that are are parents just I hope you can take a couple of more minutes and. Just appreciate your ch- your child or your children. I, a lot of these things, once you become a parent, for those of you that aren't, they hit, not to say that they don't hit hard, but they hit in a different way. And like James was saying, to imagine that with your child, like the only blessing is that is she was with her father. For him, I can't imagine it, but... For her, she was at least with her dad, and she felt loved. And yeah. Well, I don't know. I 
I was just going to say, let's kind of turn it a little bit into, I guess, a remembrance. What What's the first Kobe game you ever watched? I'm sure it was his first game ever, but I'm also sure you remember it. Um, I actually don't. I mean, I, I watched, yeah, I mean, I watched his first game. Um, he's played so many that I honestly can't think of, like, the first game that he like I, that I like the first game that I really started to see like what what he was going to be was actually in the Utah series where he did shoot three air balls because he had some amazing plays in that game. Um, obviously, like the playoff run he had with Shaq, like the alley oop. I mean, they were down twenty two with seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Most people would have quit that, you know that. You're not coming back from that, right? But that's not Kobe's mentality. Um, I mean, that's one of those plays that will go down in NBA history as one of the best plays ever. Um, you know, I think for me, like, well, I always loved when he, I always loved when he played the Rockets. To be honest with you, um, I and that was because I was there. <laughs> Like I was there every year. Um, a funny story. I went. Uh, I went to. I don't remember if it was Western. No, nah, I don't think it was Western Conference Finals. Y'all didn't. Y'all didn't get that far then. Um, that was. Um, I don't know. One of the divisional rounds, maybe, or maybe the first round. Um, it was back in two thousand eight, seven, nine, eight. I don't know. Um, we. Uh, I, I, I bought really good tickets, and I wore my. I wore my Kobe attire. Um, and I was the biggest dick in the entire uh, stadium. Um, I was talking more shit than anybody in the entire stadium, and I embraced all of it. I had a hot dog thrown at me. Um, I got circled at one point in Toyota Center by a bunch of Rockets fans. Um, my buddy who I was with, who wasn't a real basketball fan, but I made him come with me, was worried for his life. He thought we were going to die that night. <laughs> I didn't care. I, I didn't. I didn't give a shit. That's. I got to watch Kobe destroy you guys in the playoffs. Like. I don't know. I mean, there's tons of great moments. I think the one thing that people don't realize, though, is about Kobe that that bothers me the most at this time is just the fact that, like, you know, he got the he got a bad rap for being a bad teammate, and. I, I, this this kind of works in the Deshaun aspect to me. Um, he got a rap for being a bad teammate because he had high expectations for everybody. And he had um, uh, the approach of we're going to outwork everybody and, and become great together. And if you can't do that, then I don't want you on my team. If you're not going to put in the effort. And that's what happened with Shaq. He told Shaq while he's making Shazam and rap albums and doing all this in L.A., look, dude, you could literally be the best player in NBA history if you just put forth a little effort and didn't rely on your raw athletic ability. And Shaq didn't like that. Yeah, you got to remember Kobe, Shaq was, just for context for some of our younger guys, Shaq was notorious for using the regular season to get into shape. Yeah, so he, he used would the count, first, like, 32 games to get into shape. He didn't work out during the offseason. He uh, came no. in, always overweight, and the great thing about the NBA is every game's conditioning. And that was Shaq's conditioning. And he was still good. He was still one of the best players in the league doing that. And then that's why towards the end of the year, one of the things that was remarkable about Shaq is he never he didn't get tired out from the NBA season. And I think that's where Kobe even kind of played a part into it because it continued to push him. But he played himself into shape. He would get in better shape. And then in the playoffs, he was just a beast. And, again, I think part of that was Kobe just – literally, Kobe, especially when he, him and Shaq were first teamed up together, it was amazing to see how quickly that he would start barking at Shaq. And I literally yeah. am barking. Like, just – like, dude, you're a kid. You're like 18, 19 years old, and this is Shaq. This is the Shaq. There's a reason why half our college football players have Shaq as part of their name now. Like, Again, back then, especially late 90s, Shaq was basketball in a way that I don't even know if we can really truly appreciate now. 
because he did get overshadowed by on kind of like the polls on Jordan in the beginning and then Kobe at the end. But there was a stretch there that Shaq was huge. And there's this kid that it just literally a kid that wasn't going to back down to him and it was yelling at him on the court. Yeah, I mean, Shaq was, at that time, Shaq was the best player in the NBA. You couldn't stop Shaq. That's where Hack and Shaq came from. That's where you, this, literally, when you see somebody get fouled because they can't shoot free throws, that all started with Shaq because he couldn't hit free throws. And the one, only way you could stop him is if you fouled him. Because if not, he was going to get buckets, and he was going to get a lot of them. And he was just a power. I mean, I, I still think he's the most dominant player I've ever seen play basketball, and I honestly don't think that can be argued at all. He was the most dominant player to ever play the game of basketball. That's all there is to it. Um, so I think that part of Kobe, like, uh, I th- you know, we'll start to wrap it up because – this isn't the place for, for this, but I just wanted to get it all out. But I think a lot that had to do with Kobe in my mind wasn't necessarily the basketball player. It was the person he was and who he became. And watching him go through his career and go through the evolution of being a, like starting as a boy in the league and going through his trials and tribulations and then coming out on the other end, a man and a father and a husband and a person who took being a father more serious than most and watching the impact he had on an entire city and an entire league. I mean, right now, me and John were talking before we got on here, there was a petition started to change the NBA logo to Kobe Bryant. Originally, they started with the goal of 500,000 um, signees. Um, they're, I think they're at 1.5 million right now. Um, if you haven't looked and seen on Twitter or Instagram, the things that have happened and pe- the things that cities are doing in states and countries, the Philippines just put up a huge thing. Um, Taiwan's doing it. Houston turned all the lights on there uh, on 59 to purple and gold. Um, the stock, New York stock exchange today, purple and gold. This is a guy who made an impact that we all wish we could make when we were a kid. But the biggest thing that separates him from everybody else is that he worked so hard to be able to achieve it. He's the kid that said, I'm going to do these things, and then actually did it, and did it at the highest level you could possibly do. So for everybody, like when you hear like musicians say, oh, you can follow your dream. This can be accomplished by you. Some of those people do get lucky. But a lot of times these people work as hard as they can to be able to accomplish those goals. And Kobe did that. And Kobe did something that not many of us can do. And I I lost the biggest impact I've had. I felt like I lost a family member in my life. And uh, all I can say is, like, I I hope we all take and learn from what he taught us. If there's something you want, just work and get it. You know, John, like for the podcast, like for me, like this was like a really like eye-opening experience for me. Fuck everybody else. I want to be the best at what we do because that's what I've always done my entire life. And we are. We're, we're up there, right? But, like, I want to be better than everybody. I don't even – why are we comparing ourselves to Texans podcast? I don't care about them. Why aren't we comparing ourselves to The Ringer, to Sirius, to all that? That's where we should be competing. We should be competing against the best because that's what we are. We get. We should be competing for the best. And, and, and that's how we need to approach it moving forward. And I'm sad. I'm really sad. I wouldn't play 2024 20, today. It's been changed from 21 to 24 overnight. And, um, man, I, I'm really good for, like, 15 minutes. I'm, like, back to my old prime. <laughs> I put up a straight 12 on everybody. And then I had my hands on my knees because I'm like Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson was known as a fighter. Like, if, if you last more than three rounds with Mike Tyson, you have a really good chance at winning because his first three rounds, he threw everything he could at you. He came as hard as possible. But then after that, he was exhausted. And that's how you got Tyson. And it felt so good to go out there and play basketball, something I love, but then just knowing, like, that's what he would want us to do. Like, everybody's talking about they should cancel games. I wish they didn't. 
Like, that's not what he would want. Like, he would want the game to be played. And um, so, anyways, I, I was talking about the Deshaun effect. But I'll end with this. I think Deshaun Watson has that ability to be a Kobe-level talent. I think Deshaun Watson has the ability, the smarts to do that. And I hope he has the work ethic. I don't know if he does. We hear he does. So when I'm hard on Deshaun or I criticize Deshaun or I destroy Deshaun, a lot of it has to do with just my my mentality. This guy has every ability possible to be one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen. Is he going to reach that? And I hope he does. Because then all of Houston will be able to understand exactly what this feels like later in life. To have somebody mean this much to you and to your city. Like, you guys think that J.J. is big? J.J. is nowhere near the level of what Kobe Bryant was. And I don't mean that in a mean way. But, unfortunately, it's true. Kobe Bryant had a much bigger impact across the entire world. The NBA is more of an international game. I, like, that's just the way it works. But, um, yeah, so whenever you guys hear me complain about Deshaun or critique Deshaun, just know that it comes from a good place. It, knows that it comes from a place where I think that he can exceed those expectations and be one of the best. Um, I don't have anything else, John. I don't really. No, it's – Deshaun and Kobe were friends. Um, Deshaun was getting coached up essentially by Kobe on the Mamba mentality. And to tie it to the Texans, hopefully Deshaun takes it to heart. However, even that right now just feels kind of like cheap or in, inappropriate to say because Kobe, Kobe had an impact on just about everybody in, in, in our age range. And it was worldwide because the NBA is worldwide. And and it's just a shame that uh, no one should be taken that soon. And I just want to end with thoughts, prayers, whatever you believe towards this family. I can't imagine the heartache that they're going through. Yeah, poor uh, Vanessa. Wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Um, thoughts and prayers to you, James, obviously. Um, Thank you. Obviously, we all care about you. Every, we have a great, great community of listeners, and I'm sure there's... We have the best. We have the best, John. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we, we really have... <laughs> we really we, we really have. We really do. Like, you guys are, are so amazing. When I put it on the Discord, that's just going to be the episode tonight. Like, everybody is so supportive. Um, like, our listeners are, are just fucking amazing. All of you, like every single one of you, even the ones that don't agree with our points, our my political stands or what I believe, or if you're not the biggest Kobe fan, the fact that you guys are just okay with me doing something like this. Um, and not that if you weren't, I wouldn't have done it anyways, because I would have. But at the end of the day, like to to have that kind of support, it, 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 I mean, it's amazing. It just feels so surreal to know that like we've built a community like this that can have these kind of conversations and like it's just a platform to do these types of things. It's, it's insane. I would have never guessed that this is where we would be. And it's really, it's, it's, it's really surreal to think that people think about what we think. Like people care about what we think. People take what we say as gold. Sometimes people will take it to as an argument. That's nuts. Like, that's crazy. And you guys are amazing. You guys are amazing. Shout out to Black Swan, though, because she is a listener of the pod now, and um, I I love that girl. I think she's amazing on Twitter. And uh, y'all can hate her all you want. She doesn't give a shit. I don't give a shit either. But she's cool. And uh, we had some really good DMs the other day. But, um, yeah, man, celebrate life. Hug the ones you love. Make sure you tell them goodnight. Make sure you give them a kiss. Don't ever leave the house without telling everybody goodbye, and you love them, ever. You never know what can happen. Make sure when you walk out of that house, if there's people there, that you tell them you love them. Please. Because it's important. 
one last funny story and then we're going to go. Two years ago, um, Parker was throwing away uh, a piece of aluminum foil in the trash can and he, he shot it like a basketball. And uh, I said, hey, you did that wrong. Go get that. Go get that back. Go get that aluminum foil. Come back over here. Now watch. Watch me do it. And I did it. And I yelled, Kobe. And ever since that day, anytime Parker does anything, he's seven. Anytime he shoots anything, automatically, Kobe. And those types of things should always live on. And I'm sad that we lost somebody at the age of 41 that had, like, such an impact. But we do need to celebrate his life and remember how great he was as a person, as a man, as a husband, as a basketball player. And um, for anybody that tells you that an athlete or celebrity can't have that impact on your life, tell them they're dumb because that's not true. We're emotional creatures. We get attached to things, even people we don't know. But those people can still have a direct impact on your life and how you are as a person, as a woman, as a man. And um, don't ever take it for granted. So with that being said, I'm Young Ari Gold. We're back to our regularly scheduled program next week, digging into free agency. And um, I'll catch you guys next week. How much more do you want from me? More. How much more successful do you want me to be? More successful. How many records can my records break? More records. But, but I'm the best. But are you a different animal and the same beast? What the f*** does that mean, Kobe Bryant? You're welcome. What can I say? Mamba out.